on this episode of the Friday Film Club, I'm joined by producer Laura Hunter-Drago, whose new film, To the New Girl, is something a bit different, and it's available now to stream. Uh, so do check that out, and we'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, we had a great chat. Uh, we're from the same generation, so we share a lot of similar film tastes, uh, particularly a favourite film, very on board with. Uh, so do check out the conversation. I think it's a great episode. And remember to follow, like, share, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media as well, at the Fry Film Club. Enjoy. So, Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the Friday Film Club. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome, uh, especially since it's it's quite, well, I guess it's late where you are at the moment or early, depending how you look yeah, at it. Yeah, depending on, I guess, on the way you look at things, but it's 1am <laughs> here. For me, that's late. I'm not, I didn't wake up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and yeah, I guess you're going to have uh, a lot of movies that we're going to talk about throughout this episode, but uh, this is the first time that I have a film producer on the show. So um, tell me about your own film. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I produced a movie called To the New Girl. Uh, it was made by an all-female cast and crew. It is a film kind of similar, if you've ever seen the play The Vagina Monologues. Um, it, it follows 10 women who are reading letters to the new love in their ex's life. Um, so it's, it's you know, we've got comedic monologues and, and dramatic monologues. And it's it's um, it's like heightened filmed theater, I would say, almost like a stand-up special. Very indie, uh, low budget, but we've we've had some good success with it. It's available on Tubi, on a bunch of streaming platforms. If you want to check it out, it's to the newgirl.com um, and, and we're definitely available worldwide. So we're pretty proud of it. Uh, we made it for like no money, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, you know, one of my best friends from high school who I've known for years and years is actually the writer of the film. So it's been really cool to um, help get it made and, and get people to see her work. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, sort of having watched uh, uh, bits of it, you haven't done a lot to sort of cinematize it, I guess, if that's a verb, um, you know, mm -hmm. it, it feels very much like you're watching it on stage. Um, and yeah. I think that really brings out a lot. Yeah, you know, it was interesting, you know, it's like sometimes I think your budget can either limit you or you can use it almost to your advantage. It's like you have to kind of let it dictate the creativity. Um, and we realized when we were putting this together, like we needed to do it in one location. It had already been a play. It, a lot of people like colleges perform it as a play pretty frequently. And so we kind of wanted to keep the theater roots. Um, all of us are from a theater background too. But we, we were like, how do we make this work? you know, within our budget. And we were like, oh, wait, we can make it an open mic night. So I think it does, it feels very, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's like a pretty popular, I think it's on Netflix, it's called Mortified, where people read from their uh, like childhood diaries. Mm -hmm. um, so we that we were very inspired by that. That's real people reading, you know, it's like a documentary. And actually some people, when they see To the New Girl, think it's a documentary at first. Like they're not sure that if the girls are actors or not, which I think is such a compliment to her actresses but yeah it's it's definitely um bare bones um mm. one actress and and not much not much for her to work with except her own performance skills so yeah yeah and i, I totally get that about the documentary as well it's i think if you didn't if you didn't know there were actresses um, you could be easily fooled into thinking it, it was just an open mic night and i think that it's it's got a real different feel to it than than most films and and do, so do you do you find that quite 
challenging to kind of get it out there because it's so different or, or does that actually help? You know, it's been interesting because we released in the middle of 2020 when so many things were still really, really shut down um, and theater, you know, in the US and I think most places, you know, hasn't really been back until just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think it was actually sort of good timing by accident. I mean, it was it was tough for us because we had wanted to do a, a big film festival run and stuff and, and we weren't able to go to any of those things. But when we actually released, I think it was good in a way because a lot of people were sort of craving that that theater or like that community feel. Mm -hmm. So I think I think we did get a little bit more interest from those like groups because of that. Did, did you do sort of the classic um, sort of festival run before you got it distributed and, and I guess how how busy was that considering the time that it was released? Yeah, we we were, I mean, we had submitted and we got into quite a few places, but we were only able to actually screen at one because of the timing. So I think the only screening we did was at Hollywood and Highland at the um, Chinese Six, which is a, an amazing, like old classic Hollywood theater that was like my probably my dream place to screen. So it was really <laughs> lucky that we were able to do that, but that was March 1st, 2020. So yeah. the country pretty much shut down on March 15th. So it was like we, you know, at the time we didn't realize um, obviously like really what was happening. But looking back, it's like, oh, wow, we really timing wise lucked out on that one. At least we got to do one. But yeah, and a lot of the other ones, like we had a thing we were supposed to go to in Palm Springs and one in, in New York and, you know, none of that obviously happened. But, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you have to take the good with the bad, because I think when when we did release it, that was at a time when there wasn't a lot of new stuff coming out. And so I think that there was a little bit more space for something our size to kind of get some legs. Yeah, and of course, streaming was was the only way that people were really watching stuff. So it, it kind of opened the door for a lot of sort of smaller, uh, more independent stuff to get seen, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's really cool. You know, we're in an interesting time right now where, you know, there's obviously always pros and cons with stuff, but I think at, at minimum you can you can at least get um, things made. You can, if you have like a, a very specific genre of film, it's no longer like, oh, we can't make that because no one's interested. It's like, we can we can actually like tailor things to specific audiences because, you know, streaming allows everybody to kind of find their own favorite thing. And yeah, it's been, it's we've been out for about a year and I've been surprised at, that it sort of just keeps growing. Um, I kind of, in my mind, had, this is my first time as a producer and I sort of, you know, you focus a lot on like those first couple of weeks of like what the numbers are and stuff. And you don't really realize that in a year you're still going to be, you know, getting new platforms and new people find it. It just, you, you kind of, someone told me that before we released, they were like, you have to remember that you live with your movie forever. And I've definitely like learned that over and over again while we've been <laughs> doing this. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, we'll talk more about the film as we uh, go go through, but as always, I have the same six questions to ask you as I ask all my guests. And sure. so let's dive into that and uh, find out more about uh, what you love. Um, so uh, what is your favorite film of all time? Uh, of all time is Almost Famous. That's I, the yeah. perfect answer. Oh, thanks. That is, that is also my favorite film of all time. So I'm so glad that someone has said that. Oh, stop. Wonderful. I, it's a it's such a great movie. It has everything. Yeah. It does, and it's so it's so feel good, and I feel like now we could spend the next half an hour just talking about Almost Famous, but it's it's such a great film. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's just a classic. Like if it's ever on TV or anywhere, I like I'll stop 
what I'm mm-hmm. doing. And I'm like, okay, now I have to sit, even if it's like halfway through where it's like the plane scene, <laughs> you're like, like, no, now I've got to sit down and yeah, enjoy yeah. this. Yeah, no, I love that whole, I mean, I love Cameron Crowe. I love the music. He's such like a master of soundtracks and, and just like the whole like look of that film to me is just perfect. Like I want to make a movie that has that like aesthetic vibe. <laughs> one of these days yeah yeah I mean it does it just looks and sounds great Uh, and I wonder if it just particularly resonates with people that want to be in the media industries because of the protagonist you know William's a guy who's trying to make it and feels very out of place and it's that imposter syndrome it's that kind of that sense of belonging right and I think I think sort of myself and you and anyone else in those industries really feel that yeah Definitely, definitely. And also, I mean, I think, if you know, the Hollywood of it where just like getting thrown into a situation that's like bigger than you and like the mm-hmm. overwhelmed feeling and just kind of having to go with stuff. Yeah, that, he's such a great character. I'm, you know, obviously um, Penny Lane is like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I have a long like history of, with that character for myself you know well it's when you want when you love a movie and you watch it at different phases of your life you know now mm-hmm. I'm old enough that like I'm like I, I know what that movie was like when I was 20 and what it's like now so yeah it's it, it's funny how you can like grow you know what, what one of my favorite things about that film is that it ends in a way that's so like dissatisfying to the viewer I think in some ways but like it's what mm-hmm. you need <laughs> it's like the yeah. lesson that you need to get and I think that's like super brave of yeah um, I love the that I think in almost famous as well that, that it must have been tempting to have some kind of happy ending where William and Penny Lane kind of mm-hmm. uh, flew off into the sunset together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I love that they didn't give you that ending but as you say yeah. they gave you the one you needed not the one you wanted yeah and it was her decision too which is what I really was thrilled about that she yeah. like made the choice um yeah no I, I I love that movie it's everything about it is great yeah yeah I think um for, for me when when I first watched it I, I think I was about 20 at the time as well and, and um uh, it was it was the scene on the bus and from that that was the point that I thought yeah this is this is a film that just like it just it hits that nerve and yeah yeah, yeah it just it. It, something about yeah just the vibe of it is just it really like puts you there mm. which is hard to do but yeah it's it's a great it's a great movie. Anybody that hasn't seen Almost Famous needs to immediately go. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I agree with that that sentiment um, completely. Yeah, wonderful choice. Um, great. And uh, so, I guess, looking at the other end of the spectrum, what's your least favorite film? <laughs> I was thinking a lot about this because it's a hard thing for me to answer because I actually really love bad movies. Like, <laughs> if I hear that a movie's getting just panned. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch it. Like the other, a, a year or two ago, I watched Cats on my birthday <laughs> because I knew it was going to be bad and I knew it would like just bring me joy. I mean, and I, I also think when you make movies, you start to appreciate like how hard it is. And I don't know that there's anything that's like, I think bad, except when I get um, the, the movie that I wrote down for this is a movie called last house on the left it's like a horror movie and it's just the last film that i remember walking out of the theater when i was watching it because it had like really gratuitous violence against women that had nothing to do with the plot of the film so that's like 
that's where my head goes when I'm like, what's a movie that I don't like? Because, uh, you know, it's more to me about like, what, what's the point of this? Like, what's the content? Like, where, what am I supposed to be getting from this? Then like, oh, I thought the film wasn't well done or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting choice, but um, are you, are you referring to the original Last House on the Left? Because there was a remake oh, with Jennifer Lawrence, wasn't there? You're, uh, oh, wait, no. Is, am I getting the name of the oh. movie wrong? It's a horror movie, and I don't think anybody... I don't think Jennifer Lawrence was in it. Maybe I'm getting um, the film wrong. No, I might be, because I because I was really just sitting around <laughs> like, like, what was that film that I walked out of? Yeah, 2009. It's Tony Goldwyn. No offense to Tony Goldwyn, who's a great actor. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just a bad horror movie. I mean, honestly, it's like a movie you might not have even, maybe there wasn't a, like the original, I'm sure was different. <laughs> but this is like, there was like a, a very violent scene of like, like really dark violence yes. against a woman where I was just like, I'm getting up <laughs> and I'm leaving. It just takes a lot for me to like, not want to sit in the theater if I've like bought a ticket and bought popcorn and then I'm like, no, now I have to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting, and and I, I haven't seen that version of the, of the film. Well, I but... don't recommend. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I did obviously see the original, and I think I guess there's a really fine line with horror, particularly in in horror that is deliberately very visceral, because yeah, it's, it's finding that balance between making the viewer feel quite uncomfortable and just and just doing something that's that's gratuitous. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a Serbian I agree. film goes way the other way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love horror. Like, I, you know, I'm obsessed with Mike Flanagan, and and um, like I just finished watching Midnight Mass last week, and I thought it was amazing. But and, and I am like a person that it's like, oh, a cool new horror movie is coming out. But this was, it was not related to the plot. Like, there was nothing. It wasn't like adding to any sort of like scare or whatever. It was just like violent. I'm like really like dishing on this film. I was in it for like 20 minutes and then left in 2009. So I'm still obviously really upset. Yeah. It got to me. Listen, it left an impression, I guess. I I, I mean, yeah, it, I think, I guess it, it must have left an impression because um, your, I guess your new film very deliberately is very empowering to women and uses an all female cast and crew as well. Right. Um, so I, I guess films like Last House on the Left, as much as you hate them, left right. some sort of positive mark right <laughs> right right it's like fuel for later <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly, that's funny yeah. yeah no I'm definitely I mean my whole you know thing with our production company is that we're trying to create more opportunities for women not just in front of the camera but also behind because it's such a problem and also I think with like a small production company to hire people really early in their careers like a lot of the people who worked on to the new girl it was their first feature and it allowed them then to like have a resume credit that they could take to do something else it's so hard to get that first couple things yeah. whether you're an actor or, or a writer or director or anything like that just getting those your feet wet kind of is, is hard chicken before the egg kind of situation um yeah. i don't know how i got there from last house on the left <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's awesome that's it's a really it's a really uh, a kind of great ethos for a, for a company uh, but how did you get your start in the industry? So I started out as an actor. I went to, to college at NYU for acting and, and did the whole audition circuit for a long time, did some little things here and there and, and got kind of uh, just a little burnt out on the whole like waiting to be chosen thing. And I started working with a lot of other women who 
were also actors who had transitioned into other aspects of the industry. And, um, and this, I had seen To the New Girl as a play. And I had thought when I first saw it years ago, this is like 10 years ago, um, oh, that would make a really interesting film. Um, and then it just worked out that I had started to, I had done a bunch of work with the American Film Institute as an actor. Like they have a, a program with the SAG Conservatory where they, they work primarily with them when they do um, their student films. And so I had met a bunch of people there that um, were able to do crew stuff and um, and help kind of put together the production side of things because I didn't have any experience in that area. So it was it was a lot of like, kind of calling in favors and like those like long-term relationships that you have that you're just kind of like oh wait no we actually all if we all put our our powers combined we can make a film <laughs> yeah it's i guess um, having kind of dabbled a bit in in, in that industry before I, I found radio um i i kind of i i kind of get the struggle um and it wasn't one i was prepared to 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 battle with but i I think a lot of the criticism that the film industry faces is that it's all about who you know. And I guess there is there is still an element of that, right? But I think from, from my own experience and from the people I've seen that have kind of moved up, I think ultimately like talent does shine through, but it's really but you do need good contacts to get your foot in the door, right? Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think you know, you uh, you know, if you want to be an actor, it's a lot of right place, right time. And that's very hard to do uh in terms of like you know networking and and who you know and stuff like that i think i've learned over time that that has a little bit of a bad rap where it's like well sometimes it really is just that you have genuinely good friends <laughs> that you know one of you um all of a sudden has more connections and you like bring other people up with you and 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 it's not like this you know, shady back road networking thing, you know, I think that yeah, there are yeah. like two sides to that coin. Uh, mm. It's something I've had to like remind myself of because I have like a bad taste in my mouth about like, oh, like going to like a, like a Hollywood networking party where like one actor that everyone knows walks in all of a sudden and everyone like makes a beeline for them. It's like <laughs> no one wants to be either of those people you know what I mean you don't want to be that actor you don't want to because it's like it's not a genuine connection I think if you're if you're making genuine connections and those connections end up being like contacts that's that's sort of the the real way to do it not trying to meet Steven Spielberg at a Starbucks (laughs) or whatever it is that you think (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah and I do think there's there is a bit of a problem especially you know when you're you know going through like film school and and trying to get the opportunity I think there's there's almost this culture of, of kind of competing against one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 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 resentment there, and there's there can be jealousy there when other people get chances. But it it it's absolutely as you say it's it's a completely opposite thing. If one mm-hmm. person you know gets that chance, it helps everyone get that chance. Yeah, and I mean I've been guilty of it too. You know, when I was like in my just coming out of college and stuff, like you know, NYU was very competitive, and we were all. <laughs> you know like oh so and so got this audition or they got an agent and it that that mindset is just like so draining and so toxic for everybody involved mm. you know it just the quicker that you can learn to not um, engage in that the better but but you know it can be hard especially and for actors especially because you end up in like an audition room with like 20 girls that look exactly like you and it's a little bit like oh cool well <laughs> 
what am I going to do? But, um, but yeah, but yeah, I think you just have to like keep running your own race and, and not make it about what everybody else is doing. I mean, that's true in any industry, but it's yeah. heightened in the entertainment industry. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wise words. Uh, so next question for you, um, which film or TV character do you most relate to and why? So I think I'm, I'm most like inspired and probably like influenced by Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A dog named Buffy. <laughs> um, what, what kind of dog? Uh, she's a Bichon Frise. <laughs> oh. She's a little little <laughs> white floof. <laughs> she's not she's not gonna slay anything. Um, <laughs> that's why it's funny <laughs> to me. Um, but and then I also think well I think um, I'm probably even more like Veronica Mars, <laughs> but but I I want to be more like Buffy. <laughs> Right, right. That's a, that's a very honest answer. Yeah. I'm aging myself. I'm, I'm dating myself with these answers, but that's fine. That's the beautiful that. thing about these questions. Right. Yeah, you really can find out a lot about. I wrote my. So when I applied to um, to college, I wrote my my application essay on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Excellent. <laughs> like, yeah. That I I was a, a devotee. <laughs> I can't say I was ever like massively into Buffy but uh, I, I definitely have, am of a similar age where I grew up at a time when a lot of people were were in the same mindset as you uh, very very into it yeah. um, and I think there was there was another show and I can't think what it was now but people either loved Buffy or they loved something else and I can't think what that what was. What was it about? Do you know um, like was it Felicity? It was it was Gilmore definitely Girls. still along the kind of paranormal sort of route, but there was oh, something else, and I'm uh, not sure if there were many similarities. But Charmed, was it Charmed? It, it might have been Charmed. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch yeah. Charmed, but I think it was the same era, and it yeah, was like uh, witch, witches. Yeah. See, I did watch Charmed. <laughs> so I think it holds true. It holds true. Right there, you go. Yeah. So why why Veronica Mars? I don't know. It's something about her. It's just like her general vibe. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm like I'm screwed up in the same way that Veronica Mars was screwed up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe that one as well. But um, yeah, just the, this sort of like chaotic personality type, and uh, and like hyper focused on on you know whatever she's doing at the time, which I definitely am. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, I guess kind of building on that, um, if you could turn your life into a movie, what genre would it be and who would play you? <laughs> so I was thinking about this for a while because I was like, you know what, I think I think what I want <laughs> is to be in like a very nice rom-com, but I think I'm actually always in like a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm writing, I'm writing a feature right now that is like sort of portending to be a, a like a romantic film but it's actually a thriller <laughs> so that makes sense but if for who to play me i i think i would have to go with reese witherspoon because i love her um, yeah and we actually share a birthday and her her birth her given name was laura so i feel very connected to her even though she doesn't know me <laughs> fair enough uh, reese witherspoon is a solid choice absolutely um i feel like though she she must be a fair bit older than you she is yeah that's fine i don't i don't <laughs> mind it's okay 
Yeah, fair it's enough. It's an energetic fair thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I thought about that too, and I was like, well, who's who's younger that I um I'm like Julia Garner, you know, I feel like, or or Kristen Bell and I are the same age, and <laughs> and, and of course, you know, if if you relate to Veronica Mars, then right, yeah. yeah. Kristen Bell is the obvious choice there. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, Reese Witherspoon, solid, solid. I, I think I think Reese is just the, who I would wa- enjoy watching the most, so. Mm. <laughs> would there be any sort of defining moments in your life that would that you know would be in that movie? I feel like I'm writing that movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I can tell you because then it's a spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we look forward to seeing that movie. Thank you. I hope I hope you do see it. I hope someone sees it. <laughs> In that I hope it ever gets made. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, fingers crossed for that. And um, I guess then, moving on to the next question, uh, what is your most nostalgic film? I'm, I'm torn between, and these are very kind of similar eras, I think, too. Um, now and Then, do you know that movie? I don't, know. So this would probably be... Ooh, mid 90s uh it's it's like a group of four girlfriends and it shows them when they're like pre-teens and then as adults and it's kind of like got like a little mystery kind of ghost story vibe but it's it's just a it's like a coming of age story that that kind of jumps back and forth in time between these younger girls you would you know what i think you would really like it It, it's got some some great like music (laughs) If you love Almost Famous, I feel like there's like some a tonally it's 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 got some similar things going on. It's like Thora Birch and Christina Ricci, Rosie O'Donnell's in it. It's a great movie. That's quite a bit um, fast then, really, for for its time. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this was it was big. This is like, and I think most like women of my age probably also have like an attachment to this movie. Cause it was like very, like it was the movie that you watched with your friends when you were the same age as the younger characters. And you were like, Oh, this is what we're going to be like when we're older. The other one that came up for me was beaches with Bette Midler. Do you know that movie? Yeah. 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 I'm, I also feel very nice. That's another movie that I watched like with my best friend when we were like 10, you know, <laughs> So it's like, I think about, you know, that does, it, it, sometimes it's like the time when you first saw it, I think makes it nostalgic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, um, I, I think all the, all of the answers I've had from that question have been films that they've seen as a kid, like, like yourself, because I think it just, you attach certain feelings and memories to those films. And, and every time you watch it, it just brings it back, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's amazing that, that movies can do that. Yeah. Mm. So finally, what is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> I don't know if this counts as a guilty. Maybe it does. I, anything like true crime, any like cult documentary. I'm obsessed with cult. Fair I've enough. Seen, like every, every cult documentary under the sun. Um, if there's like a weird, like, like, like I'll be scrolling through. If I've had a long day and I'm tired and I, you know, I had work or something stressful happened at the end of the day. I'll be like just scrolling through TV and I'll see some like murder documentary and I'm like, oh good, a way to relax. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get that. I completely get that. And like Netflix is amazing for true crime stuff because um, mm-hmm. you get such a mixed bag as well. You get some really like in-depth, interesting documentaries and then you just get like the, the, the trash true crime series. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Which, oh, I, I'll watch any of it. I, yeah. I don't. Sometimes you're just in the mood for that. Hulu now also has a few really good ones. Interesting. Um, yeah. No, good. Well, now, I mean, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but like I'm at the point, especially kind of like post all this pandemic stuff where I've like, I watched like everything in the last year and I mean like every like there's no content left for me to consume I just finished the Sopranos which I had never seen I watched The Office which I had never like everything all the shows that I have been like on my like oh I should have seen that list I've done like everything so now I'm like like scourging you know like where where is something new that I can watch um yeah so a lot of it ends up being like true crime documentaries or any yeah anything like mystery cults any, any of that stuff I'm, I'm totally obsessed yeah I feel like it's it's easy watching isn't it because kind of the premise is always exactly the same someone's right. dead right and it like someone this the person who was introduced in like the first five minutes definitely killed them right and yeah. you can you can kind of tune out to the detail right yeah well i mean the if you if you get into like the really like really serialized kind of like bad true crime too it the, they like repeat the same information over and over again before and yeah. after the commercial break so it's like you could have missed that that section and then come back and and get it for sure yeah. no it's terrible i don't know why i, I think our generation is really like <laughs> something's off with us <laughs> like, like I don't know why we're all so so interested like I can't I don't I usually don't listen to I have a podcast but I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I just can't especially um I can't really do true crime podcasts for some reason like I need the visual which is terrible I get that. yeah <laughs> like, yeah I get that but I know it's such a popular thing you know, it's it's just that that whole like kind of genre has taken off in the podcast world. And I think we're just I don't know, we're we're really um maybe we've just been through a lot of trauma and this is like our way <laughs> of processing like yeah, what I think, I think it's it's like our, our kind of international kind of coping mechanism mm -hmm. uh, for the pandemic is just true crime and binging right. that. Right. Yeah. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, true crime, good choice, good choice. I think, yeah, we, we've done a lot of binging of true crime over the pandemic, but so so in our house, the issue is we repeat stuff. So we don't watch a lot of new content, we just do the same stuff over and over again. So The Office, I've watched start to finish three times during the right. pandemic. Sure. And, and that must have taken up a good like couple of months of my life in, oh, in yeah. watching. Yeah, um, but it's a good it's, show. It's, it's a great show it's a classic yeah yeah no, you can't we, you can't go wrong but we always balance so we we always have we have the thing that we can binge so we tend to have one like serious series on the go right so a news is like at the moment it was like squid game right so we'd have that i haven't seen that yet i need to watch it very very good and i would recommend watching it sooner rather than later because okay. spoilers are coming out all over the place yeah now. yeah but but then we we balance that out with we usually have like a comedy and then we have like a true crime mm -hmm. um, sort of easy watching kind of series that we can binge. Yeah. So we, we have this sort of rotation system going on we in our house. We have a system. Yeah. 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 That's impressive. Moment, I think that's smart. And at the moment we're on air crash investigation on Disney plus. Wow. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Okay. Mm. Okay. Maybe I found something new. <laughs> yeah. There's like a hundred episodes on there. And oh my gosh. we're about eight in and it's all the same, but. Right. I'm, I'm determined to, to get through the whole lot. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta stick to, <laughs> you gotta stick to it. Gotta stick, I mean, gotta commit. 
yeah you you have to what, what else are you yeah. going to do no i i'm i am i'm trying i think uh, the, i haven't watched the wire yet that's another show that like is on my list so that mm. i think is what i'm going to do next but i i was trying to get it started on it the other week and i was like oh it's it's heavy i can't <laughs> like i need to, i need a break I, I just finished the sopranos so i was like okay maybe i give myself a few weeks of, yeah like, the sopranos is friends heavy. yeah yeah we'll do, we'll do more friends reruns and then <laughs> Yeah, friends is kind of friends is falling out of favor a little bit recently isn't it i feel like our yes. generation we're like we're the ones who are still keeping friends alive because a lot mm -hmm. of younger people take a lot of issue with friends now yeah it's interesting well when you watch it i mean i you know i definitely am like oh my gosh you know that <laughs> joke would never fly now i mean it, it is interesting i mean i think everything has like aspects of that to it where it's like the time that it was made is such a big part of it mm. so yeah it's interesting yeah okay well uh, i guess before we let you go uh thank you again for for joining the show um it's yeah, been great thanks so much I, for I, having I, me you're welcome yeah i've loved your answers before we let you go tell everyone again how they can watch to the new girl sure so if you want to check out the movie you can go to to the new um and there's all sorts of info there about all the different places that you can see it um and yeah we'd love for you to check it out Excellent. And if anyone wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? Sure. You can go to laurahunterdrago.com. That's my website. Um, and I'm pretty much Laura Hunter Drago at Instagram and all that good stuff too. So it's, it's pretty easy to, to stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> in a socially responsible way, of course. In a, in a friendly, hopefully way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. No, it's been uh, wonderful having you on the podcast. Uh, thank you again. And good luck with the film and your, your future um, partially um, uh, biopic inspired uh, thriller that, <laughs> that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks so much. It's really nice to meet you. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also, uh, do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>